As we, as we think about God's will, as we think about um, the challenge of knowing, uh, even as we saw with, with Peter and the disciples, uh, what to do, what God's will was, what his commission for their life was, uh, is a challenging um, question to ask. It's something that comes across my, uh, my desk or my office, office frequently when people come to, uh, to know to, with questions, what is God's will, what should I decide um, if I'm a follower of Jesus, what does that mean? Am I willing to do what he asks? And uh, these are sometimes difficult questions. And I'm, I'm telling you today that I've been wrestling with these questions myself. And as, you, as those of you who have been here a while know, before COVID, we, had, we were building the traditions, particularly on communion Sundays, of having different people come up and share what God's doing in their life. And uh, so as, as we lose the restrictions again, uh, we're in the mode of trying to go back to that. So if any of you have stories of what God's done during this last year and a half, uh, we'd love to hear them. And uh, so it's my turn this Sunday, and maybe it's your turn next Sunday. And wh- one of the things that, that is really tough is when, you're, when you want to tell a story of what God's doing, but it's not finished yet. We like to tell stories that are all wrapped up and tied in a bow. See, God's wonderful. He fixed everything. But, but our lives don't work that way, do, that, do they? We're usually in the middle of something. And uh, yet I still think it's in, important that we share with one another to encourage one another with what God is doing. Um, I always give the same advice uh, when people have that kind of a, a question. And it comes from two scriptures, at least uh, in part, and I want to read those to you. In Acts chapter 15, the the church is having a bit of a struggle. They don't know what to do. They don't know what God wants them to do. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read the conclusion. And this is how it concludes in verse 28. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. And then it lists the requirements. And the only part I want to focus on there is there, there were those two components. They were confident in God's will when it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us and to the people. So they discussed, they prayed, they argued, they had different opinions, and at some point the body of people had the assurance that the Holy Spirit was, was in one unified voice. It seemed good. So that's in terms of a church context. And then there's another, um, there's another one I want to read. This is from Acts 13, and this is much more personal. And this is, uh, this is a, again, regarding a group of people uh, seeking God. And it says, Among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simon, Lucius, Manian, and Saul. One day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. And so while the words aren't the same, you see the same conclusion. A group of people, a group of men in this case, who, who were, were men of God, full of the Holy Spirit, were talking and praying together, and it seemed good to them, to us and the Holy Spirit, that these men should be commissioned for this new work. And so that's, that's always the advice um, that I give, and it's the advice that I seek to follow myself, um, that I seek to put into practice. There's all kinds of ways that we can think we know God's will, uh, but, but I think this is what the scriptures give us as, as the, 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 the dependable method 
or way in which we can know what God is asking of us. Uh, when the, a group of people who know us uh, and the Holy Spirit's witness among all of us is speaking the same thing, uh, we have that, that assurance. So I want to tell you uh, some things that God's been speaking to me. It's over a period of time, quite a long period of time, actually. Quite a few years ago, before I came to Wainwright, I was still in the previous church, uh, the Central Pacific District, which is just to the west of us, I used to be a pastor in that district, uh, but, but I was now in this district, but the Central Pacific District was looking for a district superintendent. And uh, they called me. The search committee called me, wanting to know if I'd send in a resume. And I was, I was astonished. I was surprised. And I immediately, without hesitation, said no. It was a very easy decision. Uh, the main reason why I said no is because uh, we had small children at home. And my commitment to, to raise my children and be a present father uh, was strong. And there's no way I was going to travel uh, the way that kind of uh, job would require when my children were young and at home. So that was easy, but I, it, it caused me to start thinking like I hadn't invited that, I hadn't been looking for something like that, but other people, men and women of God in the free church leadership, saw that ability in me, and uh, that started a journey in my own heart of, of trying to understand my gifts and abilities and what God was calling me to. So fast forward to Wainwright. There's other incidents, but we, we can't tell everything in one, story, in one telling. But fast forward to Wainwright. A year and a half after, about a year and a half, I don't remember the exact month when I was here, um, the, there was a, a phone call again, this time from a search committee that was looking for a leadership position at the home office in Langley. And they called to see if I would put a resume in. They thought I would be a, a good candidate for that position. And again, without hesitation, I said no. Uh, those of you who've been here with us through the, our time here know what kind of time it was a year and a half after I was here. Um, we, were, we were right in the middle of something. I don't want to bring dirty laundry up, but we were right in the middle of something that was intense and important for this church and that I could not in good conscience just stop and leave in the middle of, of that struggle. Uh, we, were, we were making good progress, but, but it just, I couldn't, uh, I, I just was sure that God was not saying that. Um, so then, um, about, I don't know when, it was about a month or two before my sabbatical. And I, and I need to pause here and I don't think I've spent enough time thanking this church for that sabbatical, six months off. We'd gotten through that tough spot. We felt as a church that we were back on solid footing. And, uh, and I, was, I was just this close to burnt out at that point. And so you generously gave me six months to recover. I didn't know if I would recover. Uh, and so that was an essential time, so important, and I can't thank you enough. But just before I went on that sabbatical, the Prairie District Search Committee looking for a district superintendent called me. Would you send a resume in? We're looking for a district superintendent. And uh, I can tell you, because I was burned out, I was tempted. Sometimes you just want to change uh, instead of stick with something. But again, I couldn't in my good conscience uh, for two reasons. One, um, you were being gen very generous with my life in that, in that sabbatical, and I was determined to, to give back uh, after that for a period of time at least. 
And um, the other thing is it would be wholly unfair to the district to take a job when I didn't even know if I'd recover from, from the, the condition I was in, nearing, kind of showing signs of burning out at that time. So I said no again. Uh, but at that point, um, Colleen and I started having some conversations, some prayerful conversations about this, because um, I was starting to feel a little bit like if Peter, in the story we just read, Jesus says, do you love me? If he just said no, and then said no again and no again. And so uh, we didn't know the future, but we were praying about it. And when, um, when that third ask came from the Prairie District, uh, when I was done with the sabbatical and it became clear that I was back on my feet and able to work properly uh, and with passion again, um, in our own hearts, in our own family, Colleen and I, just started to feel very strongly that we're not looking for anything. But if it comes again, if we were to say, no, we won't consider it, it would be like Jonah buying a ticket to Joppa. That's what would it feel like to us. And, and I'm not interested in seeing the inside of a fish. So, uh, so we had determined, we're not looking, we're not sending out, we're not looking to leave. We would be absolutely perfectly happy to stay right in that house down the end of Fifth Avenue till I'm not capable of preaching anymore, and then move across the street to the Battle River Lodge, and hopefully some of you will be there already, and we can just uh, watch the sunset approach as we, as we sit on the decks there at the lodge. That would be a beautiful way to, to live my life. I'd, that, would be, that would be my preference. Um, but yes, as you know, our district superintendent, Don Harder, is retiring at the end of this year, and the search committee called me and asked if I would consider... Uh, taking or sending in a resume and so um, so I did and um, I have more to tell in just a minute but um, the interview will be on this Friday coming up and so that's what's been happening in my life trying to understand what God's will is and uh, not necessarily you know there's always excitement and a vision for a new thing but a lot of sadness uh, comes with that. So I want to just give you the timeline as that comes, uh, comes through us. Um, there's a side of this story I'm not going to take time to tell, but that's my own growing sense of my own call, my own abilities, my own ministries, not what I've tried to do, but what other people have, have talked to me about. Um, and and uh, so that's a whole side of it, but I want to focus on the people this time. So just to list a few people. Uh, throughout the years. So the current district superintendent that took the position I was asked about in the Central Pacific District has been a friend of mine since since my first beginning a pastor. He, he pastored the church and then I came right after him and we got to know each other and we've been riding motorcycles together ever since. And, um, and he's been bugging me already for five years to join him as a district superintendent. Um, Ron Swanson, my, my long-term pastoral mentor, he's in his 80s now, still preaching regularly. Uh, I've been meeting with him before coming to Wainwright monthly as, uh, to ask all my questions and be coached in pastoring as he's ahead of me in that game. He's been a district superintendent and he's been a pastor and, and when he heard about this, he told me, I'm going to phone that search committee and tell them to call you. And so he, he knows me well in ministry contexts, from Wainwright to Meeting Creek, and, and, uh, and he's, he's, he's said that. Now, 
two years ago, I think, yeah, it was two years ago, uh, our executive director, Bill Taylor, and uh, Neil Bassin-Thwaite, who is the, uh, the director of, of national missions at the head office in Langley, when I was there for meetings, um, they took me out to dinner, and they were asking me, um, Marvin, are you, are you at some point going to be ready to put the local church and move into, into leadership? Because we see that in you. We want you in that kind of position. And uh, so, so there was that. And then uh, I talked to Don Harder, uh, my own superintendent. That's where I go for advice when I'm making decisions. And, and he said he would be so happy if I could follow him in that place. And uh, several pastors from our district have emailed me or called me uh, to let me know they they don't know I've a, that any of this is in consideration. Just on their own volition, have called me to say um, we'd like you to consider um, consider this. And so I know that comes as a ton of bricks. But as soon as that was happening, I mean, Colin and I had determined that we. That if the ask came again, we're not looking, but if the ask came again, we would have to give it serious consideration. And what that means for me is as soon as that came, I called our elders. Because, I mean, people out there, they know me from conferences and different things, but it's the people right here that really know me. And so that's where it really has to happen. And so I called uh, Greg and Michael. I, I told them what was happening, uh, that we were considering it, and... Uh, the two of them looked at each other and smiled because just, I don't know if it was just the week before, but just briefly before, they'd been talking about uh, Don Harder's retirement and saying to one another that they thought I might be a person that could fill that role. And so um, I assure you, in terms of God's will, if it had not, after extensive conversation and prayer with our church elders, seemed right to the Holy Spirit and to us that I should pursue this invitation... Uh, I would have stopped. I would have stopped cold right there. Uh, that, that to me was the most important. The people who know me best in terms of ministry uh, locally are the ones who have that say in my life, as I hope they do in yours. Uh, but then uh, with, their, um, with their affirmation that it did look like perhaps God was leading this way, I did send in my resume, and uh, we informed at the next board meeting, the church board, and again, there was, there was uh, everyone feeling the same way you do. But there was, after talking about it and praying about it around the board, there was an affirmation that, that, yes, this does seem to be maybe something God is doing. And we can't stand in God's way. And, um, and then, yeah, at our last board meeting, uh, they, they encouraged me to share this with you today. Um, I want to be clear on the timeline. On Friday, I'll be having an interview with the search committee. I have no idea if they're interviewing five people or two people or only me. I have no idea, and I probably won't know even after that interview. So they might interview me and determine I'm not the right person, and I absolutely want the best person to be the one who gets uh, chosen for that and called to that, that role in ministry. So, so I'm fine uh, with that. But I do ask that you would pray not that I get the job or that I stay here, although I hope you want me to stay. Uh, I have confirmation from many that that's what you want. But, but um, pray that the search committee has the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to know who should be our next, next district superintendent. I'm perfectly fine if it's not me, but, but we don't know. And so um, 
so there's a, you know there's a lot of indications that this this could fall go all the way through but but that's the next step is that interview if the search committee decides that they think I'm the right person then they would recommend that to the board and the district board has their next meeting in September at which time I don't know they might want to interview myself or some other candidate uh, and then they would rec make a motion to the annual meeting of the delegates of our district in November. And it's the, it's the members, the delegates at that annual meeting that vote on the next superintendent. So we don't actually know till November. Well, we might know negative before that, but if it still goes positive at each of those steps, um, we wouldn't know for sure till November if, if that was going to happen. And so, um, yeah, I, I struggled to know how to how to uh, to end this. That It's a story that's unfinished. I don't have a bow to tie on top. Uh, I don't know where God is leading. But I, I hope um, that like I'm trying to do, like Colleen and I are trying to do in our life, to be open to wherever God calls us, that you too would be open. Uh, when Peter stood up with Jesus at that campfire, uh, he didn't know what Jesus was going to say. Jesus said, feed my sheep. That's going to be your task. And uh, he was willing to accept that. And so uh, that's where I stand. Um, I'm going on holidays tomorrow. And uh, my holidays were, will be interrupted on Friday with an interview. And then I've got another week of holidays after that. I do encourage you. I know we're low in attendance today. Uh, this is being recorded. It will go up on our website with the sermon player. And if people are spreading information around or want to know please uh, encourage them to listen to what I've actually said here uh, because um, I don't want the process to be misconstrued. Uh, we, don't, we don't know what God is going to do here, but I'm just standing here to say this is something God has been working for many years, and it seems like maybe it's coming to that place, uh, but we'll wait and see what the search committee and the board and, it, and eventually the delegates uh, have to say about that. Uh, so that's my story. I mean, there's, there's a lot more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay afterwards at the front here. Uh, if, if you have a question, there's probably other people who have a question. And so uh, maybe, maybe I can answer. If you just all go have your coffee and go and leave me off to my holidays, that'll be fine too. But, but just I do urge you, I, I invite you to pray over this situation. Um, yeah, just pray that the right person will be selected for replacing Don Harder. He was just here, and, uh, and you know that he's moving on to a new stage in his life. And, um, and so let us, let us do that. I'm going to, we have a song. I'm going to skip it, Wayne, and just ask you to come up and pray before that song. We're out of time. <laughs>